from Relay FM. This is Download, recorded April the 4th, 2019. This is episode 98, Important Business People with Ties. Welcome back to Download, where we cover the most interesting technology stories of the week. I am your host, Jason Snell, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello. Hello, Jason. We, uh, I feel like, you know, you do your Relay podcast, I do my Relay pro- podcast, and then our two podcasts collide on Thursdays mm. with Download. Collide kind of sounds like the name of a Relay podcast, doesn't it? It does. It does. Put that on hold. Get get uh, Simon working on some art for that yeah. one. We'll we'll just we'll find the host later. To great taste, the taste. It, it's going to be our self driving car podcast. Uh oh, hmm. <laughs> that's oh, all right. Well, I'm I'm willing to hear more about how that works. Uh, this is of course download where we talk about the uh, tech headlines of the week that we think are interesting. We choose not a lot of interesting headlines this week, but we we got some. With there's some, you know, we're not going to hang out a gone fishing sign on. On download episode 98. We're not going to do that. Yeah. And we have Devinder Hardware from Engadget to talk about some stuff uh, in a little bit with him. But uh, we're going to wrap up some other uh, other headlines first. Just you and me, Stephen. Just you and me. Mm-hmm. Apple stuff. I, we did a lot of Apple stuff last time. And we're going to do a little Apple stuff at the beginning this time. And then we're going to go a little bit broader. Although there's, uh, there's, there's Apple still echoes of Apple's last two weeks still kind of like echoing around here. Um, Apple, there's a story in Vanity Fair about the, the sales pitch that Apple executive Eddie Q did to newspapers to try to get them in their News Plus service, which was announced last week mm-hmm. uh, and is and is out, unlike the other services Apple announced, $10 a month, and it's got the LA Times in it, and it's got the, some of the Wall Street Journal for some period of time in it, but Apple did a hard sell, according to Vanity Fair, on the New York Times and the Washington Post. They really wanted them in here, and those newspapers uh, basically said, no, uh, we want to build up our own uh, our own subscriber base and our use our own apps and don't want to share a huge amount of revenue with you and share space with everybody else in Apple News Plus. Um, and I, I thought I, I appreciated the story because it's uh, kind of what I assumed happened, but it's kind of nice to get that kind of New York uh, media business insider kind of uh kind of thing about this they also this story also has anecdotes about the little launch party they had at their uh their uh, place that apple has in tribeca um uh for new york glamorous new york media types so do you read this story Uh, i did and before we get to the details i can't scroll past this image of eddie q and tim cook eddie q forced to wear a name tag (laughs) tim cook is above the name tag game Although he Just does have that jumped out at me. D on his shirt, is that what that is? I don't know what that means. It's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's no, Duke. Come on, uh, did he go? He did go to Duke for graduate school. I, I just think of him as as a uh, as mm-hmm. a, an Auburn guy. Okay. Yeah, he's a huge Duke fan as well. And yeah, I went there. So you know, also I think isn't his middle initial yeah, D? There you go. It, that, Cook, could be, so, you it's know. Duke. It stands for Duke. Timothy Duke Cook. Yeah, Eddie's got his uh, Eddie's got his his tank on. They're also super casual. They're obviously at a uh, at a fancy resort somewhere, like uh, like uh, mm-hmm. at the All Things D conference. The speaking of D's, yeah, that kind of thing. That's what the D stands it could. for. It could. It stands it stands for Walt Mossberg. All Things Duke. Yeah, I, I want to say before we get to the actual story here, <laughs> I uh, a couple of weeks ago was actually in this. Uh, as it's described by Vanity Fair, Civil War era five-story former mansion in Lower Manhattan with a glass staircase, mm-hmm. uh, because this is apparently where Apple does a lot of its demos and things in New York. And I'd never been, but like you know, our, like Marco Arment and uh, John Gruber, right? Like another and Renee Ritchie, people are East Coast pals. When they get Apple briefings these days, they can do them in uh, in New York at, in this building that Apple, I think, owns or leases or something. But they've like totally done it up. Um, but I did my interview that was on Upgrade a couple of weeks ago with uh, iMac product manager in that space, and I'd never been in before. And it does have that glass staircase, and I was very much like, "Oh, it's an Apple store <laughs> inside a inside a loft inside <laughs> a, a building in uh, Tribeca." Um, and so, the, but Apple has the space, and they use it. They, this is like their utility. They use 
use it for briefings. They use it for parties. They use it for all sorts of things. It's kind of funny to think about it. But if you're Apple, it's convenient. I always, you know, I end up getting briefed in Cupertino. So it's less glamorous, but it is a drive for me. But mm-hmm. uh, they apparently they do. They do. Uh, uh, like a week after I was there, they had a fancy party for for movers and shakers in New York, New York media, the New York media elite, I guess we could call them. <laughs> Um, but the New York Times and the Washington Post were like, uh, forget it, Apple. Uh, I, I think for valid reasons, right? Like, I have Washington Post and New York Times subscriptions. I pay them directly a lot of money. And honestly, they, their app experience where they're alone um, by themselves, allowed to organize their content as they like it, uh, it's a better experience than Apple News Plus. It really is. Yeah, it's Apple News Plus is just totally separated from what these companies have other places like the wall street journal which is a lot in this article and there's a lot of other writing about how they're sort of an apple news plus but they're holding back like their core content and the wsj is like 39 dollars a month i mean it's it's like you know yeah important business people with ties reading mm-hmm. this and they're holding that back from apple news plus and saying you can have the sort of like this public stuff and we have this other thing over here and clearly the new york times and washington post weren't willing to play that game but if you look at the the Times and the Post, they have built up really pretty successful, you know, online digital membership programs. And why would they want to separate that out for, you know, less money in Apple News Plus when they have that being successful being directly? Yeah. Directly there on the web. And I think that's why the LA Times and the Wall Street Journal maybe did play ball with Apple News Plus is they are behind the New York Times and the Washington Post in terms of digital subscribers and you know the LA the LA paper in particular making really strong efforts to enter the national mm-hmm. scene in a way that it hasn't been and yeah, they have a new owner a local owner who bought it away from the former trunk <laughs> i got to say trunk again mm-hmm. Drunk. You have to say it like that. Uh, a local, a local businessman who uh, who bought it, and they, mm-hmm. they you know have a new strategy and all of that. But the, getting more visibility in here, I agree, is is probably part of the story. And the journal, you didn't have to give up the crown jewels because it really is this subset. Although it does mean, and I don't know if, if you have thought about this, but I've thought about this that you know once or twice a week when somebody links to a journal article and I can't get to it, um, I can now search for that headline in Apple News Plus and read that article, even if it's not visible in the Wall Street Journal interface. Um, because you can search and find anything for like three days or four days in the archive. Um, and so that's that's a nice trick. Although I believe you can also click on a link from Twitter and it'll do the same thing. So I don't know. <laughs> it's all it's just messy. You know, the, the edges where Apple News Plus touches other parts of these organizations or the, even the open web, like it does some weird things in places. And I expect that to get better over time. I would imagine that if Apple had a system that, you know, could interact with the New York Times paywall. So I pay for the New York Times. If I could log into that in Apple News Plus, like would that make the New York Times more willing to be so there? You, I don't you know. should be able to do that. Washington Post actually does that in do Apple they? News. They've got it set up where you can log in with your Washington Post login and then all your Washington Post content is unlocked inside Apple News. Which um, So the Times could do that and I don't think they do. Um, but the Times does provide like a selection of content to Apple News as it is for free mm. as a part of this. You get there's like a, a, a subset of, of stuff that they're providing because they want it to be in Apple News. Another thing that is a twist. I mentioned this on Upgrade, upgrade this week. Um, the the downside of Apple taking all the customers here and and the news providers sort of just deal with Apple and they don't know who's reading their stuff is news uh, providers do have the ability to insert ads and house ads and other content kind of non-content garbage in their stories and i can hear as somebody who used to work in a magazine right like i can hear the the business argument going on at the journal where the journal's like yeah well okay it's not going to be everything and every article we do is going to be full of links to other articles of ours so we're going to try to like really boost how many articles are being read in apple news and every article is going to have a very prominent newsletter subscription link and i think if you're in apple news every single person in apple news if they're not already in there is going to add aggressively like newsletter links because once you sign up for a newsletter they know who you are and that's like huge for them because then they're building up their list and they can market to you and they can say you know hey apple news is great you know what's greater (laughs) giving us money directly so there's going to be more of that and i think honestly it's already junky enough that i think it's going to be a problem for apple where um 
uh, Apple News Plus experience is uh, is a little bit. I don't know. It's not as not as nice as maybe Apple would like it to be, especially for people who are paying them one hundred and twenty dollars a year for the privilege. Mm-hmm. But you know. I don't know. I don't know how that that's going to go. I keep thinking they're going to redesign the app. Maybe that's wishful thinking, but it it really needs to be redesigned from the top down. And I hope I hope that's part of their plan for um, this fall for iOS 13. Yeah, you can get lost in there or kind of end up in a place where I'm not sure how I got here. And if I want to come back, I'm not sure how to do that either. <laughs> like it's it, especially with the magazine stuff, just kind of being bolted onto it. I would hope that there's bigger plans here. Yeah. Yeah, let's 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 hope. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Ming Chi Kuo, yes, friend of the Asia show. supply chain analyst, uh, code name Roger, uh, because I went to college with a guy named Roger Kuo and called him Roger one time. So now he's just <laughs> our buddy Roger Ming Chi Kuo, not his name. Uh, he's got uh, he's got the best sources as far as we can tell in the Asian supply chain about who's building what for Apple and what Apple is building because the hardware manufacturer stuff goes on way before the products come out. And so he gives us a window into what Apple is planning because Apple doesn't want to do that. Um, and he has gotten more details about uh, the, uh, the iPhones for, for 2019. Um, anything jump out at you in terms of the, the details here? Smartphones are kind of just, <laughs> they're all becoming one thing, right? So the big headlines here are the uh, two-way wireless charging, which Samsung is doing. I think Huawei had a phone mm-hmm. that does it as well. So you can turn your iPhone into a charger for something else. So the obvious answer here is AirPods, right? You have your phone, you have yeah. your AirPods, and if that's all you have, you could top up your earbuds pretty quickly. That seems like a a, a big win for people. I think something that they could add you know, without too too much um, additional thickness, it seems like. You know, looking at the teardowns of these other phones, uh, it seems like it's pretty well integrated. Uh, something that is not uh, really part of this, but have have been, has been in the rumor as well as a, as a triple camera setup, and there have been a few parts leaks out there. Uh, I'm hoping for a really wide angle third camera on the back of the phone you know again samsung and some others have done that and you can you can pull mm-hmm. off some really neat shots with a lens like that that you just you just can't do with a smartphone you know all smartphones kind of the same as far as uh focal length and uh the width of the shot but a wide angle really opens that up to, to new possibilities so that sure seems like it's on tap as well uh so both of those i like i like the idea of both of those and you know as someone who generally buys a new phone every year, uh, having a, a third lens, having easier ways to charge my AirPods, they would be good ways to excuse myself for that that annual purchase. Mm-hmm. I wonder about um, Google did the uh, wide angle selfie camera mm-hmm. on the Pixel, and you know the challenge is App- Apple's p- packed so much technology into the notch uh, on the iPhone X models that I-, I don't know if they could make maybe make the camera a little bit wider angle, but that's a feature that I remember seeing and thinking, oh, yeah, it's really hard to fit everybody in your selfie shot. Like, make it a wider field of view in the selfie camera. And I don't know um, what Apple's feelings are about that, but that's another area. It's funny. Here we are. We talk, we're talking about smartphones, and all we're talking about is uh, charging features and cameras. That says something about the smartphone state of affairs right now, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, everything is like, they're all so good. I mean, mm-hmm. when's the last time you got really jazzed about your, the, the processor in your phone being faster? <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. And it's, so it's a lot of, uh, of, of exploring around the edges here. Um, I guess we should mention there, there, uh, at least in passing, there's a lot of speculation still going on about Apple's ability to make a 5G iPhone. Um, because the, Qualcomm is making 5G chips now, but Apple is suing Qualcomm, and Qualcomm is suing Apple. They're in a huge dispute. Intel is working on a 5G modem. There was a story that I saw this week about how um, that this is from Mark Sullivan, I want to say, at a fast company, about um, Intel struggling to get the... 5G chips ready by 2020 and enough time for Apple to put them, you know, get the samples and test them and then put them into production. Because like I just said, production of the hardware takes time and you have to set that all up. And there's a concern about Intel's ability to even get Apple uh, a 5G chip for an iPhone 4 
2020, for fall 2020, which is a long way off, and yet right. it's kind of on that. And then we also have heard stories about how Apple has, and we've said on this show, um, is hiring a lot of, um, of cellular modem engineers. Uh, they're going to build their own wireless chip. It's very clear that that's part of their plan. They uh, made an announcement with the mayor of San Diego about how they're doing all this uh, expansion in San Diego. Um, San Diego is where Qualcomm is. The whole idea is that they're going to hire a bunch of people from Intel and Qualcomm and other places, perhaps, but it's especially those two, to build out their own modem uh, development engineering group in San Diego. And uh, that's probably not going to be something that bears fruit until, you know, maybe 2021, 2022. So um, that leaves them in this thing where they don't, you know, you don't necessarily need a 5G iPhone immediately, but at some point it becomes a serious marketing flaw, if nothing else, that everybody else is trumpeting 5G and Apple just can't say anything about it because they, um, the, the only supplier they aren't speaking to. <laughs> yeah, 2020 does seem like a a long way away. And it, it's kind of a chicken and egg problem a little bit. Like if, if we get to 2020 and there's no 5G networks or it's still only in really populated cities, like is it a big deal that they're late to it? I, I don't know. And so it's like this is sort of only one side of the coin, right? It doesn't matter if they have the 5G modem, but no one can connect to it. But if it's everywhere and they're late, that's bad. So I'm not particularly worried about this yet. Uh, outside of what you were talking about, their, their breakup with Qualcomm does put them at a at least a temporary disadvantage uh, looking at their competitors, right? They're, they've got to deal with Intel or they've got to do it themselves, and that's going to be slower and, and take more time. Clearly, though, ultimately, Apple wants to control this themselves. Like uh, We're going to get to a point, I feel like, where every major component in the iPhone is Apple-designed, uh, at least to some degree. And we're getting closer and closer, and this feels like just another large step down that path. Yep. Yep. Uh, the timing is all – it's like a complicated dance of, you know, Qualcomm's angry, Intel may not be ready, Apple's building their own thing, but it's a little bit out there, and how is it all going to work out? But it does certainly seem like – uh, in the future, Apple is going to just have, it's all going to be its own silicon. That's just how it's going to be. Uh, that's what they want to do. They want to control their destiny. And this is why, right? Because they dispute with Qualcomm and Intel is lagging and they're kind of left in the lurch. Again, it feels very much like um, when they ditched PowerPC for Intel or when they ditched Internet Explorer for Safari, like that moment of like, we need to take our destiny in our own hands. Mm -hmm. That's a very Apple thing to do. Very much so. All right, we'll have Devendra Hardawar from Engadget uh, in, a, in a moment, in a moment to talk about more interesting things that are going on. But first, let me take a break and tell you about our first sponsor. It is Text Expander. Text Expander lets you quickly insert longer chunks of text with a quick search or abbreviation. It's so easy. The brand new Text Expander 6.5 is now available for macOS. Text Expander 2.0 is now available on Windows. Both versions sport a new visual editor for snippets. Way easier to see and edit your snippet fill-ins, dates and date math, nested snippets, and much more so you have access to that Text Expander snippet power you might not have even known that you had. If you already love Text Expander and like to tell people about it, join their affiliate program. You can earn a little extra. And if, like me, you're always looking for ways to be a little more productive, you need to get Text Expander. All of those times that you're typing the same things over and over again, stop it. Save yourself the time. Leave time for the work you actually are paid to do, which is not typing the same few sentences over and over again. I used Text Expander for all of my live blogs. Uh, there's no way I could have covered Steve Jobs on stage at Apple events without Text Expander saving keystrokes and making everything faster. And uh, you can use that power too. Go to TextExpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. Thank you to Text Expander from Smile for supporting Download and Relay FM. Okay, let's move on and welcome our guest. It is Devendra Hardawar from Engadget, a longtime uh, download guest, and welcome back. Hey guys, always good to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, I want to talk to you about, first, you just posted a review mm -hmm. about uh, the Dell XPS 13, which you refer to as the perfect ultra portable, one of the best Windows PCs, pretty much the, your review to quote your first, you know, this is a good journalism line yeah. one first sentence of your review is it's pretty much the best Windows ultra portable around 
and you should buy it. So is that enough <laughs> of a review for you? You can just end it right there. Yes, this is it. Now, those That's of us review, who have yeah. Apple laptops are used to lots of like, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of, lot of mm, bad feel feelings. I guys. Bad I really feelings. Yeah. So, so, so tell us, this is like the laptop equivalent of the Fuzzy Puppy update. It's like, tell us about a good laptop, Devendra. <laughs> I would like to know more about a good, good laptop laptops. Good hardware. Well, you know, the XPS 13 has been great for a while, I think. And mm-hmm. Dell was the company that really introduced the whole idea of uh, ultra-thin bezels, which now everybody is copying. Um, I think they've just kind of honed this thing down to perfection. The one big problem last year was the uh, the webcam was still underneath the display because they, it was too big <laughs> to be at the top with the thin bezel. Yeah. It was so a really awkward. dumb thing. So awkward. so awkward. So they fixed that. There's a tiny, probably the tiniest webcam I've ever seen uh, at the top of a very thin bezel here. Um, you know, it has new colors, but it's mainly the webcam and all the screen options have Dolby Vision HDR and it looks tremendous. So if you watch um, any sort of video on your laptop and especially if you watch Netflix shows that support HDR and Dolby Vision, they're going to look tremendous. It's a really great display. Definitely, I think one of the best I've seen outside of OLED screens on laptops. And that's something we're going to see more of this year. So I'm excited about that. But uh, yeah, when it comes to like an overall ultra portable, a thin light machine that's powerful and, you know, just has all the hardware I need, I think this is pretty much perfect. You know, I'm not sure how much more Dell can do with this form factor. The only thing I'm noticing is that uh, now some companies are starting to offer NVIDIA's tiny little dedicated graphics chip, uh, the MX150. And that, you know, that's a decent bump. You could play uh, Overwatch on a system with that. So maybe next year that's something Dell could fit in. Yeah, because it's still using the integrated graphics stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all. I mean, uh, using Apple laptops, that's been a very common thing unless you're using a MacBook Pro. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the Intel graphics are okay. but Okay, and they're going to get better this year. Uh, Intel did hit, uh, they hinted that their next generation integrated graphics will have a teraflop worth of power. So it's like, you know, a video card from, what, 2012 era or something? <laughs> so that's that's Whoopee. playable. You could do something. So mm-hmm. the, this is, what, is it an i i3 processor for the This is i3. It starts at i3 uh, with 4 gigabytes of RAM and, like, it, it, don't buy the base level. And is that the 899 machine. one? I think so, yeah. That's right. the 899. I recommend, like, the $1,200 model that is an i5, uh, 8 gigabytes of RAM, more usable space, basically a, a machine that'll last you a while. And there's an i7 version, and that's the one I reviewed. And I reviewed the i7 with the 4K panel. I'm still not sold on 4K on screens this small, mm. but it looks great. So there's that. Wow. It just, uh, yeah. you know, deal breaker for me is it runs Windows, but I, I will tell you that because I'm just not a Windows guy, I can get, get around, but it's not my thing. Yeah. But it is it is really interesting, as I said, when when people who are Apple people have been kind of like cranky about Apple's uh, last three years of laptop development. To oh, look I feel it. Across, yeah. the, uh, across the fence here. How's the keyboard? Keyboard is good. I'm really digging it. I've always liked the XPS keyboard, so there's a decent amount of travel. It's not as much as uh, Microsoft puts into the Surface laptop which is one of my favorite laptop keyboards mm. right now but you know it's it's usable it feels good i like the responsiveness uh certainly much better than the area 51m keyboard that i i'm also testing right now and uh, that's the big the big kahuna gaming laptop from <laughs> dell mm-hmm. uh within 10 minutes of opening that thing a key flew off and the like little plastic membrane is just like shattered so that's not good. Oh, no. But the XPS is great. <laughs> it's not a great start, really, yeah. for a four thousand dollar laptop. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, I don't know. It's a, it, is that part of the game? Catch the keys as they fly off. Catch the keys, <laughs> basically two power supplies. You know, that that's a uh, what's the term these days? Absolute unit. It's an yeah. absolute unit of a machine. Yeah. It's uh, it has been cool to see Dell really perfect this XPS over the last few years. Like you, you mentioned the webcam. Uh, I know for a while, and maybe they still do. They had a version that came with Ubuntu on it, kind of geared towards oh, yeah. developers, mm-hmm. which is also really cool if that's something that you need for work or for your uh, personal use. It, it just seems like they really know what they're customers want and being able to finally move the webcam up sort of uh, checks that last box for a lot of people yeah definitely yeah it's interesting well see i i appreciate that uh, we got somebody on who knows what the heck is going on this may make a good hackintosh i'm not sure if you guys are into that whole thing but (laughs) it's doable i hackintoshed a dell mini 9 back in the day and boy it was uh, an adventure yeah 
yeah, I, real, I, real adventure. I, I hackintoshed a what an MSI Wind notebook, a netbook, oh, yeah, and that was uh, that was an adventure. And then also, I did one of these Intel Nooks as a as a hackintosh for a while. Oh, I and love the Intel Nooks; they're it, so good. They're it, it was great, um, but unfortunately, in both cases, it's the same story, which is you know yeah. everything. If if anything slightly goes wrong, the whole it's like a house of cards; it all tumbles down. Mm-hmm. And I had a moment where a, a driver stopped working. And I needed to do an update and it prevented the system from booting. And I thought, I'm just going to give up yeah. the Hackintosh life now. I, I'll run yeah. Windows on this if, or, or, or Linux on it if I want to. But I'm you not know, gonna I, I wonder, I wonder if Apple's ever going to just like throw up their hands and just be like, hey, just give it a shot. Maybe support it a little because what they're doing with the, uh, you know, the TV app and getting that in more places and putting, you know, iTunes on OEM TVs and stuff like that that is certainly a world we never expected from Apple, but they kind of have to get there. But who knows? Maybe they don't even care about PCs anymore, right? Because they're uh, they're a TV company now, right? Maybe they'll just uh, <laughs> let uh, let other when they move to ARM on the Mac. Maybe they'll just let all, all uh, any any PC running an Intel processor. Yeah. It's like fine, just go for it, guys. Whatever, we don't care. We're so, at it. We're uh, at it. Before we move on, I want to lay out a hypothetical situation. So, if you were working at the XPS thirteen, and say you got hungry. And you were eating a sandwich and a single breadcrumb <laughs> fell from the edge of your lip underneath the E key with the E key break. Just hypothetically. I don't, I don't think so. I, I certainly I've had this computer for a while and I've eaten around it and done all sorts of stuff. It is wow. it's relatively sturdy. Yeah. What that's, is that that's how like? keyboards should work. It's it's pretty fantastic. The one thing I will say though, um don't get mustard on this keyboard because Dell is using this weird like glass woven <laughs> fiber thing. Um, on the I have the Arctic white color, and apparently it's stain resistant except for something like mustard. So if you mm. get a little of that on there, it's going to be like yellow for a while. Yeah, white nice. white keyboard. I don't recommend it. Uh-huh. it. I mean, you're just. I mean, it's like anything white car, whatever. It's like just, we remember the white dirty. MacBooks. Like yeah, yeah. they don't they yep. don't age well. It gets grungy and and sometimes they can they can yellow and the yeah the fabric thing. You know, you're just you're going to stain your stain your laptop. That's no good. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. It's like glass woven. It's not fabric like the Surface mm. machines, but it's like a weird glass material. It feels great, though. Like on your wrists, it feels very nice. And I, I appreciate it more than like uh, carbon fiber, which everyone else tends to use. So sandwich, yes, but don't put mustard on it. Exactly. Okay, got it. Good. There's your Dell uh, lunch tips that we are providing here. <laughs> Um, a, a topic I wanted to get into with you at least a little bit is this thing. Now, I don't want to call it hearables because that's... Mm, please don't. Please don't call it that. Wouldn't a hearable product be a product that you could hear from a distance? <laughs> like, oh, I hear that my Roomba yeah. is going, right? That, Those are me, just speakers. Yeah, that's speakers. A- <laughs> right. But we what could the, just say wireless <laughs> headphones. They were just wireless right. headphones. Well, and yeah. and I like I like the idea that they're trying to give it a, a categorization name because like the wearables market is a lot larger than this. But you know uh-huh. things you stick in your ears, they're wearables. And there was a story um, where uh, a, a, a research company makes an estimate that uh, the size of the you know headphones market, wireless headphones market uh, at the end of last year was twelve point five million which is uh it's a lot is it that sounds like very little compared to how uh, the numbers we see for other gadgets these days well, i suppose so i mean I, the, uh, well when you think about the fact that airpods are literally 60 percent of this market right right then right. there's room to grow but i think that their point is that it's uh that the other uh category uh participants are coming on the other companies are coming oh, yeah. on and that they see a lot of growth in this category it is they're fascinating. Already better yeah than the airpods in many ways yeah, there's, there's, um, I, you know, I love my AirPods, but, uh, and, and we should say that among the other things that happened this week that made me want to talk about this, it's not just that report, it's that Brian Chen wrote a really good article in the uh-huh. New York Times that I, I really can't quibble with on any level where he says the AirPods are great and you're paying a lot of money for something that won't last more than a couple of years. Yeah. And that's disposable wireless headphones, yeah. basically. Yeah, that's ab- about it. Because as everybody knows now, two years later, who, especially heavy users of the AirPods, those batteries, and they're very, it's a it's a miracle of engineering to get the, mm-hmm. all the tech in those little tiny AirPods. But the fact is, the battery is very small, and battery tech wears out. Guess what? Two years later, yeah, they don't hold the charge, and that's just yeah, you know. And and knowing that going in is important because it is a great. I have I bought another a set. I love the experience of it, but 
you got to go in with your eyes open that this mm-hmm. is what kind of product that is. And this isn't just an Apple problem. I think anybody, you know, who's making these devices, you're going to have the same battery issues. It's just the AirPods are the most popular one right now. So this is the one where everyone's recognizing like, oh, this is an issue overall for this entire category. Yeah, and the with the uh, PowerBeats Pro that Beats, which is part of Apple, announced this week as mm-hmm. well, it's using the same chip as the AirPods. I think that's an interesting product because it's fully wireless. The old PowerBeats have a cable between them. So, you know, another one of these completely wireless things. But they're a lot bigger, which actually makes me wonder. They, they claim a uh-huh. huge amount of battery life. I would imagine that because they presumably have a much larger battery, that they will also probably have much longer usable life because there's mm-hmm. more headroom for them to lose over time. And uh, they they also have, uh, for those who don't know, like they, they have the traditional silicone tips that, with four different sizes, which means go. unlike the AirPods, where if they don't fit you, they don't fit you. <laughs> and that's it. There's nothing you can do. Uh, the PowerBeats Pro. Uh, and, and I like that. And, and there are competitors here, too. In fact, one of the interesting things is that Bragi, uh, the makers of the Bragi Dash, which was one of the first products in this category, they have apparently sold their hardware business off to an unknown company, which is also interesting. So there's a lot of positioning going on here. But mm-hmm. like, I like the idea of more choice in this market, too, because then you can say, okay, I'll have a little bit bigger sport headphones, but they have more battery life and they'll fit my ears. And I'm encouraged by that, too, that, because it, yeah. they're great. Yeah. Wireless headphones as a concept are amazing. I think they're they're great overall. It's just, I you know, I'm not fully into this whole category and i think i just see the problems right for me on the practical (laughs) side of things the airpods don't fit my ears very well so i spend half the time wearing these things and a lot of similar uh you know truly wireless headphones just hoping they don't fall out Mm -hmm. and if you're walking around the city or something and they fall out and they hit the sidewalk what are you gonna do you're screwed you just gotta like i have a little bottle of purell that i usually have as hand sanitizer and sometimes i've had to wipe down my headphones when they fall out it's not great i took a walk in the snow um, when uh-huh. I went to went, went skiing in January uh, with my AirPods, and I thought, oh my God, if one of those these things falls off, these white <laughs> so AirPods long. into the snow, yeah. I'm never, ever, ever going to get it back. They're gone guess, forever. <laughs> this is exactly what these companies want, too, right? They give you this miraculous thing that can so easily die or get lost, and then you have to buy another one and rinse and repeat. Uh, I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of that. I like the, uh, the wireless headphones that have that little cable, like the Beats X and uh, the old Power Beats, because when you're not using them too, you could just like hang them around your neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very versatile. Like if I just want to plug one in and he leave one out, I don't have to like go fish around for the case and make sure everything is like in its right place. Like it's for the way I walk around and live, those just tend to be more convenient for me. But I'm hoping this category grows a little. I'm also trying out the uh, the Jaybird XT runs. And those are pretty good and sounds so much better than the AirPods. Yeah, I, I have a, a pair of Jaybird headphones that I bought uh, before the AirPods existed. And they're okay, but I really do prefer not to have that cable uh-huh. uh, hanging yeah. around. Well, the XT runs are their truly wireless ones. Yeah. So it's it's nice. And they, they kind of curve around your inner earlobe in a way. Like, uh, I think the new Powerbeats do that, too. So they, it's just like a little more secure in your, I can move around, I could do like pushups and stuff and they won't go anywhere. Yeah. Cause I just don't ever want to be like doing dishes in the kitchen and right. and have the cord that's running to my phone <laughs> snag a, a knob that's on a drawer and suddenly my, you know, it yanks the headphones out of my ears. It's like, I never want to have that happen again. That's again, I, I am sad <laughs> we didn't get a new Beats X. I would have liked to see that with the H1. What's mm-hmm. the new chip? Is it H1? Yeah. Um, would have liked the new chip and maybe like a slightly better design because the Beats X, I think, in so many ways for the way I use wireless headphones work better for me and they sound so much better than the AirPods too. Well, I'm an in-ear headphone guy yeah. traditionally. I've got I've got like custom silicon ear tips and like I, that's why I'm curious about like the Powerbeats Pro, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what is that? What size are they using for those custom <laughs> tips? Because could I use those with my customs and then have like the the good fit and the good sound because the airpods sound fine but they're super leaky you can't really wear them on a plane i mean i have but um if you want to hear i you can't i'll I'll tell you i can't mow the lawn with them i was doing (laughs) stuff in the backyard and i was like time to mow the lawn (laughs) oh no i'm wearing airpods i can't do this can't hear a thing at least it's a good time for headphone tech right like between these things and noise canceling the bigger noise canceling cans uh i'm i'm very happy with the wealth of options out there now yeah, it's good. It's good. Stephen, what are you what are you using? AirPods? Yeah, I picked up a pair of the new ones and 
I've I liked the first set I had a lot, and uh, this article is absolutely right that you're going to get two years out of them. Yeah. Although the, the my wife has been through like four pairs of Beats X in a similar amount of time. Really? And yeah. Apple just keeps replacing them. They keep dying or shorting out. I don't know. But Apple has just keeps sending her new ones, so I guess we're just on that train for a while. <laughs> Maybe I need to do that. One of my pairs also died. I thought I was out of warranty, but I should just like yell at Apple yeah. or something. Headphones is yeah, a yeah. service. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If we could so, do it for uh, electric toothbrushes, we could do it for headphones, right? Yeah, right. yeah. So I, I, I too hope that they get updated, and uh, you know, I think it's cool that Apple's sharing their tech with Beats, but still leaving the Beats brand to kind of be its own thing, because mm-hmm. that means you know, that brand means a lot to a lot of people who don't necessarily like the Apple brand, and vice versa. So I think they're handling their catalog of products pretty well as long as they continue to update them both. Uh, okay, we've got more to talk about, including the story you might have missed, which is fun this week in a terrifying way. Uh, but yeah. first, let me tell you about our next sponsor. It's Burrow. Home is a great place to be. You want everything in your home to feel right. You want to fill your home with things you love, things that fit the way you want to live. And there's Burrow. Burrow is there for you. It is rethinking how people shop for and live with their sofa. Such a huge part of your life, if you're like me. So much time is spent in our living room where they're talking to other people. We're entertaining. We're watching TV. We're watching movies. There's so much going on. Burrow lets you easily customize a high-quality sofa online. You can get exactly what you want, and it'll be shipped for free in one week. You're not going to have to wait months for your sofa to arrive. One week. It adapts to your life. It's scratch and stain resistant so you don't have to worry about spills. It's got a built-in USB charger so you can charge your devices right from your sofa while you're watching that baseball game or movie or TV show or whatever. The fabric is totally free of harmful chemicals. The frame is made from sustainably sourced hardwood and it's a sofa that grows with you. You can make burrows bigger at any time by adding new pieces and you can easily set up and disassemble with no tools required. Burrow sofas are designed for comfort. You can customize every detail, pick comfy low armrests or stylish high ones. The proprietary foam is supportive yet super cozy and don't forget to check out their line of stylish pillows and throws as well made from soft hand-woven fabric ready to complement that new sofa it was named one of the best inventions of 2018 by time magazine you can get 75 dollars off an award-winning burrow sofa by going to burrow.com download that's b-u-r-r-o-w burrow.com download for 75 dollars off your order thank you to burrow for their support Huh? Like their sofas? Support of download and all of Relay FM. Okay, now time for the story you might have missed. It's something that may have flown under your radar. Uh, it definitely flew under the lasers from a Tesla. <laughs> and we think that you should know about it. Stephen, um, uh, stickers, deadly, deadly, dangerous sabotage stickers and Tesla auto drive. Tell me about it. That's right. So there's this report out that I'm just going to open this for saying Tesla. Uh, this research had been disclosed to Tesla and they say they've eliminated this issue, but I think it opens a bigger discussion. Uh, so these researchers uh, basically used uh, stickers that put out on the road to trick the Tesla into doing some, some pretty uh, terrifying things. So this was, these were designed to confuse, you know, it can read uh, lane markings on the road and trying to to mix it up, and uh, and they were successful. They they were able to attack the autopilot lane detection system. Uh, it would lose lanes. It would change lanes. It would cross lines. Do all the things that you basically don't want it to do. And for me, at least, uh, I don't have a self driving car, but it sort of for the first time I thought about man, these things are going to be really dangerous if people can hijack them this way, right? Mm-hmm. And you think about that, like that story several years ago where those researchers like overrode the firmware on a Jeep and like controlled it remotely. This is way less technical than that. Right? This is someone uh, physically altering the road and the environment and the car uh, acting unpredictably. And that's that's pretty terrifying. And so Tesla and these other companies are going to need to address these things and make their system smarter and more robust so they can't be can't be tricked because you don't want your car you know switching lanes or or crossing the double yellow line that's pretty bad yeah it's not great not great at all so <laughs> something else to worry about in our in our automated future i guess yeah i didn't need to know the phrase fake lane attack oh man <laughs> <laughs> now but, we do but now we do now we do 
um, yeah, you know, technology is here to help us, except in all the ways that it's here to kill us. I guess that's what we've learned. Um, yeah. I did just rewatch The Matrix for the 20th anniversary, and uh, it's just good to be reminded about that. Yes, you know? the, mm-hmm. the machines. Are they our friends? Yeah. yeah. Well, treat them well. Mm-hmm. Always treat them well. That's true. That's true. Be nice to your robots. That's why I always say thank you to uh, my voice assistants when they're done, <laughs> because I don't want to be mean to them, because, you know, they, they may come for me later. <laughs> um, exactly. Okay, okay one, more, one more topic, Devendra. Um, mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but uh, welcome to our new podcast. Uh, yet again, more bad things happened on social media. <laughs> Uh, we've been doing this podcast for almost a hundred weeks and bad things keep happening. Facebook apparently stored a bunch of records on Amazon cloud servers, millions of pieces of user data, and they're just kind of like, uh, hanging around there. So that's, uh, really great. Uh, and also, uh, this week in Facebook things, Mark Zuckerberg floated the idea of, oh, now that they pivoted from pivoting to video, uh, they <laughs> floated the idea of a news tab that would work with partners and that they might actually pay news providers in order to surface high quality news inside of Facebook. Um, I don't, I don't know if you have thoughts about either of these. Like Facebook, <laughs> it, it, I, I can't decide whether Facebook is just, um, yeah, I don't know. Like they, 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 it's apology time every week. They, they are trying to react to the places where they're getting beaten up, and then at the same time, every week there's yet another disclosure of bad practices at Facebook. Yeah, I mean, it kind of all boils. It boils down to all these social media companies for the past what decade. They've basically just been racing to grow as quickly as possible, right? And along the way, uh, you you make compromises, you break things, people put data where it shouldn't be, it shouldn't and then they be. forget about it. You know, so it, it's it's really all comes down to that is that they all these companies have for so long just wanted to grow and grow. Now that they've grown, uh, there are all these issues and now they have to deal with it. I'm glad, though, because, you know, these are things uh, I think tech journalists have been bringing up for a while. And mm-hmm. it's really good to see Facebook having to confront them all. Yeah. And I think it's important too to to note that this data that was on Amazon servers, uh, a lot of it, uh, maybe even all of it was placed there by partners. So, you know, we yeah, talked about yeah. Cambridge Analytica, I felt for like four years you know, and all the shady stuff they were doing. So this is another platform kind of like that. And I think it goes to the discussion that we had then that Facebook wasn't, or maybe still isn't, we don't know, mm-hmm. monitoring what their partners and what people accessing their user data, what they're doing with that data. And, you know, Facebook came out and said, we're going to roll out this audit system and we're going to make sure that they're adhering to our rules. And if not, we're going to cut them off and all this stuff. And maybe this happened before all of that. I mean, uh, a lot of this data was from like the summer of 2018, but Facebook has so much power and so much data. They have to do a better job at holding on to that or things like this happen. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm still all for uh, regulating all these social media companies. I know that's a yes. bad word in the tech world, but we kind of you have to do it at a certain point. We wouldn't have seatbelts in cars if we you know didn't mm-hmm. force regulation because the car makers didn't want that. And I think that's pretty important. It's good it, to have seatbelts, you it, know. It's not just social media companies either. I mean, I feel like I, I want to bring up something like the Target hack again. Like, and I don't want to say you know G- GDPR was a pain for a lot of people, the European mm-hmm. Union's privacy regulations, but like having laws, like you said, Devendra, the the seatbelt idea, having laws about how you use customer data and where you can put it, forcing companies that are going that are tech companies, but they devote all their tech to, as you said, kind of getting bigger, forcing them to have security practices because you can't you can't have this kind of data and then just park it wherever with people who then leave the company and don't nobody remembers where it is. You can't do that. <laughs> and yeah, as for the news thing, you know, it's uh, it's rich. It's very rich. I think it is a good idea overall. I just wish it had come like five years earlier and not when Facebook had <laughs> just tried to literally force the entire industry to move to video and drop it on a dime when like it just wasn't working out as much as they expected. Like it's and the stats, it's not great. the stats were wrong too. That's and the stats things. are wrong, and all the advertising <laughs> stats are wrong throughout the internet too. So it's like all this crap we're just dealing with. It's such a mess. I you know if higher quality news means there's less fake articles being thrown around, like that's a good thing ultimately. 
But yeah, why did it take so long to figure this out? I like the idea. And again, this could be a mirage because a lot of the things Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> says don't go anywhere. But I like the idea in principle that the head of the most uh, important social network in the world says, you know what? Maybe your friends aren't the best curators of news, <laughs> right? Because the fact is, I mean, the fact is it's true. Like getting your uncle who thinks there's conspiracies everywhere to be a, a feeder of news into your uh, news headline list. Like, would you have your uncle make a, a, a front page of a newspaper? God, no, you wouldn't do that. And yet Facebook and Twitter and er- everybody else, this has been the premise is, well, now your friends pick the stories and yeah. you know, I just want to say it's like, I don't want somebody who's not a doctor operating on me. People train as journalists and they can have different points of view and they're different news sources and and there's diversity in news. But to have it be the people who actually spend all day thinking of how how to curate news and, and, and what the top stories are and all of that, maybe they're better at choosing the news than mm-hmm. an algorithm driven by your weird uncle. <laughs> I think we're going to see we're going to see a lot more moves like this from social media companies because I wonder if they're starting to worry about people just leaving social media and stop using these services. Because I think if you do, if you spend a weekend away from Twitter and Facebook, you'll notice you probably feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I think more people will realize that eventually. And they're just trying to stave off that. Well, too. And I've never really thought about Apple News Plus as a Facebook competitor. But you could oh, yeah. ar- you could argue that that's exactly what it is, is a, a, a competitor for social networks that have some embedded value. I mean, sometimes people only read their social networks because they want to know what's mm-hmm. going on right like and i've used nuzzle for a long time to like pull links out of my twitter feed so that i can sort of it aggregates just the links people post and that can be oh, useful that's a good idea yeah. Yeah, it can be useful for me and i don't actually have to read twitter to get those those links but um There is this argument that like, well, Apple News, they have a team of curators and editors who are picking from legitimate news sources and you can use it and you don't have to see all the other garbage in social media. And like if I'm Mark Zuckerberg, I look at stuff like that and I think, oh, that's bad for us. Right. Like we 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 turned our back on that. And now that looks like a better product than our product. It may. You're right. It would have been nice if they had done that five years ago. But, um, you know, I like the way the wind is. Is blowing there a little bit that, it, that that everybody is recognizing after the first 15 years of the web we're basically like nah journalism isn't important editors aren't <laughs> important people expertise isn't important yeah opinions and engagement that's all that matters right right, right. now they're like oh that doesn't work because then the people a lot of people with very strange opinions and uh and bad reasons for behaving a certain way hijack yeah. what you're seeing so have you guys uh talked about uh the douglas rushkoff book that just came out team human no, I saw him talk at South by and uh, he's he's one of my favorite media theorists at the moment. And he's he's just pitching this idea that you know, the only way to save ourselves from tech is to kind of remind ourselves of what makes us human, you know, and that doesn't mean stop using your tech. But, uh, you know, trying to bring back the human element in everything you do, whether it's online or in person. Uh, it's it's kind of like a preachy thing, but I think it's really useful advice right now. That's cool. Yeah, I, th- I yeah. think that's the like. The algorithms we talk about, but it's not about algorithms. It's about who is driving the algorithms. And, right, and, right. and like, I, I'd be okay with Facebook still having an algorithmically based news tab or whatever. It's, but what's the data source, right? And if the data <laughs> if source the algorithms are good, is, yeah. is human behavior that's been optimized for engagement, which is always a Facebook story, right? You're going to get, it's like we're looking for ratioed tweets on Twitter. They will be if, if the only <laughs> tweets you read on Twitter are ratioed tweets. And for those who don't know, a ratio tweet is where there are is a high ratio of replies to retweets or favorites. And the idea there is nobody's endorsing this tweet. They're all just <laughs> yelling at it. Um, if you read those tweets, uh, it's really bad, right? But it does promote engagement because all of those uh, responses to these awful tweets are engagement. Yeah. And so, you know, t- saying there are different ways that humans can feed algorithms and some of them come and, and different priorities we can have <laughs> as tech companies. And like, yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's all starting to come into a better focus and a realization of like the social media companies of what they've done. But boy, the damage they've done is pretty amazing. It's pretty harsh. Yeah. This makes me think of uh, Zuckerberg's whole thing about like uh, killing an animal before he's allowed to eat it. Right, that was the thing he was doing for like a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went. Did he just kill media and news? And now he's like, oh, 
I understand it now because I felt its blood on my hands. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's it. <laughs> yeah. I have killed it and now I must consume oh, it. Oh, <laughs> boy. That's a rough way to learn. Yeah. For the, really for the whole world. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> it's, it's, how, it's how I learned geometry. I just killed a triangle and, uh, yeah. and wow. ate it. Sucked its blood you right out of it. Confess it on the air, Jason. Oh, no. The triangle police are going to come and get me. <laughs> well, you know, Devendra, come back anytime to talk about how terrible Facebook is because it's anytime. not going any, It's not going away. It's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Where can people find uh, find you on the internet and the stuff that you do? Oh, I write about tech at Engadget. I podcast about movies and TV at SlashFilm.com. I'm doing a tech Q&A podcast now over at NoMoreTech.net. That's no with the K. And I'm on Twitter at, at Devendra. Excellent. Excellent. So you can follow Devendra on social media if you want. I'm sure only good tweets. <laughs> only good tweets. I try not to tweet too much, okay. but it's, it's, it's a temptress. Yeah. It is. It is. And before we go, of course, we like to give you the fuzzy puppy update i have two fuzzy puppy updates today steven two puppies for the price of one whoa double puppy all the way the uh first one is baseball related because uh i'm still on the baseball train uh this is cute though this is cute uh there was a girl in uh wisconsin at, at miller park in milwaukee uh she's from muskego wisconsin and she held up a sign at the brewers game that said christian yelich hit a home run and my dad buys me a puppy. He had a home run. Oh! And as he's rounding the bases, the dad picks her up. She's holding the sign. They're right on the railing. The Brewers players are looking out of the dugout down the sideline, and they're all, like, clapping. And uh, and the dad says, yes, it's true. The puppy is coming. They're probably going to name it after Christian Yelich because... You've got uh, to. Like, 100%. Run. You yeah, have 100%. to do that. <laughs> Uh, the other story I have uh, was actually sent in by a listener, listener David. It is from Ireland, and it is about a dog who boarded a train in County Kildare, uh, an Irish rail train, and took it all the way to Houston Station in Dublin, which I've been to several times. Um, and uh, the passengers alerted the staff that there was a, a ticketless canine, yes, indeed, who had wandered on, and uh, they gave him a temporary name of Hamish, and uh, everybody was concerned about the uh, the loss dog it turns out uh he is called tyson and um and they have found his owners oh good and uh he is going to get a chip so that they can find uh his family if he goes wandering again and the family uh reunion is coming so the but but the dog overnight you know he was taken care of by irish rail employees and uh that's a great fuzzy puppy update too from ireland David Murphy, thank you for that. He says that it's all over RTE, the national broadcaster in Ireland, because they Ireland uh, loves a fuzzy puppy update too. You know, it's it's a truly universal topic. And with all the Brexit nonsense going on, quite frankly, they need that because they're looking at their northern border and being like, "What's going to happen?" And the answer <laughs> is, "Here are some puppies." Just wait it out. It's out of your hands. Just here's some puppies. <laughs> anyway, that brings us to the end of this edition of Download. Once again, thanks to Devendra for being here. Stephen, as always, nice to talk about the headlines with you every week. Absolutely. And thanks to everybody out there for listening. We will, until next week, keep watching those headlines so you don't have to. Bye, everybody. Bye.